Welcome to Dear People of Earth UFO and UA podcast presented by UAPMAX.com. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be reproduced or distributed without express written consent of the content creator. Thank you for listening. All right, I believe we are hot and armed. Okay. Welcome to another edition of Dear People of Earth, UAPMAX.com. Um, I'm your host, Steve Sprague, and this is episode number three, and we're going to be talking uh, about how UFO and UAP orbs and Tic Tacs fly in this episode. Um, this information comes directly from um, multiple sources. Um, I have since I have spoken to my first source, um, there have been some sharing going on behind the scenes with some of the uh, other UFO researchers that I am talking with and working with. So some of this comes from both. Most of it comes from my first, but um, there's also some additional things that go into this, especially with article number two. So just like the articles, I'm going to break this up into uh, two different parts because I think uh, it's it's long and there's a lot to go through. Um, again, as I have done in the other episodes, when you hear this sound, I will be going a little off the cuff and expanding upon the actual article itself. Um, a couple other little housekeeping things I want to go through. Um, first of all, we have uh, done really well. Um, we're in the science uh, division for most of the uh, podcast apps that are out there. Uh, we are still staying within the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide. Um, and out of 77,000 podcasts, uh, we hit the top 50 um, within uh, the UK for science podcast. So UK listeners, hey, you guys rock. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Hopefully we keep moving up from there. Um, additionally, I'm going to give you another uh, thing that uh, it's going to be happening on uh, next week. Uh, I have an interview. Uh, this will be both video and audio. Um, there will be an interview with Steve Bassett. Um, if you don't know him, he's with Paradigm Research Group. Um, if you aren't in the United States and you don't follow uh, the UFO topic um, exclusively or, or, you know, pretty heavy in depth. Steve is, uh, is an independent community specifically, um, with disclosure events. Um, he's been doing this for years and years and years. He's given, you know, over a thousand different interviews. He's spoken to every level of government from presidents all the way down, uh, to senators and Congress people. Um, he is the man that has been fighting on the ground, uh, for disclosure for a very long time. So if you don't know who he is, you should definitely look up Steve Bassett, Stephen Bassett, um, paradigmresearchgroup.org. Uh, and also just, you could just Google his name and he's going to come up all over the place. He's, he's, uh, he's a war horse, very good guy. Um, so I'll be talking to him next week. And again, that's going to be a video and audio. So we'll be posting it not only to here on our podcast, but we'll also be uh, posting it to YouTube, uh, which I've now got a new YouTube channel up. Um, I haven't put anything on it yet. Uh, right now, I'm just looking uh, to get it all set up and ready to go. Um, and I'm working on some videos in the background. Uh, I'll be posting up the podcasts to that. Um, even the audio ones, I'll just put a static image in there for you. So if you want to look at it on YouTube, that's fine too. So what I want to do uh, is we're going to go how UFO and UAP orbs and Tic Tacs fly. And I first posted this article on August 22nd, 2023. Um, so again, I'm going to start with uh, 
reading. And then as we go along, uh, when I want to talk about something, just listen for that sound. And that's new, new information that I'm putting out there. A sip of my coffee before we get going. All right. So how do I know this information? It was all part of the continued observations and ongoing discussions I have been having with my original source. The green image you see here is not to scale and it is not to the proper size. It is just a visual representation of the components and architecture of how these objects work. Not a, vis a visual representation of exactly what they look like. I simply don't have the creative skill set to illustrate this properly. I did the best I could to attempt to make them visually easy to read. That being said, this can represent both the circular orbs and the Tic Tacs. So if you look on the uh, original article, um, there's a, a really bad green image uh, on both of them. Uh, there's two different ones. Uh, I just did the best I could. Um, so if you want to uh, grab that, pause now, uh, go to the first article, um, and you can see what I'm talking about. There are several, if not many, types of orbs. Not all are the same. I have gleaned this information from both my source as well as speaking with other researchers on this subject. It is believed that some of the orbs are actually biological in nature, possibly an actual entity. Some orbs are luminous while others are shiny and morph. Some orbs seem to be able to split while others seem to be a single unit. I can't speak about those other types of orbs. I don't have any first-hand knowledge of them, nor does my primary source. What I'm telling you is directly from the observation of retrieved craft that was used to reverse engineer and study the technology contained within. Initially, the information came out slowly for this insider as they had only access to certain systems, specifically lasers and the reverse engineering of that tech. Later on, this company had direct access to orbs and Tic Tacs, one of each. It seems like what has occurred is that certain defense contractors were given tech access to specific tech from one type of civilization or suspected that was the case. This could be why my primary source only has knowledge of the Ganzi, small gray aliens, galactic, non-Zenith intelligence. So I wanna make a point here though, some of these craft have gone down. They don't go down like skeptics claim. The silly argument that they fly light years and then crashed on earth is tiresome and overly simplistic in its exclamation. That's not what is going on in any way. I've gone over the reasons in earlier articles, but the short answer is that these crafts are created out of Earth resources and assembled with alien technology. So we, I specifically discussed this um, quite a bit in a different article. Um, the civilization known as the Ganzi, they put together uh, their craft here on Earth um, or they it may not be on Earth. They may just mine elements here on Earth, or they may get elements from somewhere else. But it's all within the time frame of a couple hundred years is what has basically happened. Um, when my my source was talking about how these things work um, and how specific uh, things were put together, um, he was talking about these are really things that are achievable us achievable to humans rather um, within a couple hundred years at most. They're within uh, specifics of um, where we are with different metallurgy. They're within where we are knowledge wise, at least um, for some of it. 
on a, I, I guess you could call it a theoretical basis for uh, some of the physics that are really thought about to either exist or are going to exist. There's also a very plausible theory that the reason disclosure seems to be speeding up is because humans are figuring out the tech much faster than the Gansu specifically thought we would be able to advance to. Lots of speculation, but if we attempt to apply human reasoning, it does, so this makes some sense. It could be something entirely different. And anyone saying they know for certain is not being objective. Unless an NHI tells you directly, it's all speculation and theory. Some of what you are about to read is based upon theory and speculation, and some is based upon direct evidentiary engineering that was conducted by this defense contractor. So before I move on, when I say uh, essentially the brain isn't there, it's somewhere else, we're talking about power here. Um, and it, at some point, we believe it may be um, some part of the intelligence that's happening with these craft. Um, there's speculation uh, that, especially with the smaller orbs, these are just basically drones, although some of the larger ones do seem to have the capability uh, for uh, occupants inside. But it's really um, the intelligence part of it that is able to direct energy to these things. Um, and really, they're able to do it. We, it, It's believed um, it can be directed across the universe, um, which if you listen or understand some of superposition, which this is not. When you think about superposition, you're talking about um, you know, like individual uh, pieces of matter, individual um, quarks and individual whatevers uh, across space-time. Uh, this isn't that. This is a larger uh, situation. With that said, we're going to get into what is known and what is not known. The first thing known about the orbs is that they are not known to be able to open Einstein-Rosen bridges, wormholes. They are thought to be terrestrial-only vehicles. These are only related to the mid-gray, non-polished variety specific to the small great alien civilization. This is the civilization I have spoken about that is surmised to be the species that are the guardians of the interstellar network that is somehow related to Earth and why the Earth is specifically related to the entirety of the UFO and UAP enigma. Same with the Tic Tacs. In Diagram 1, I'm going to give some simple explanations. Diagram 2, next article, we'll get much more in depth. Buckle up, this is going to get very technical. I will first give a short explanation, then address each individually. Number one, this is a dampening system that allows the orbs and Tic Tacs to go through multiple domains without impacting the craft, essentially a force field. You can't see it, but it's there. Number two, the external skin of the crafts. These are the symbiotic surface. These are a symbiotic surface, part biological, part machine. Number three, the inner surface of the orb or Tic Tac. This is the surface that is most important to the operation of the crafts. Number four, engine component. Number five, engine component flow system. Number six, external laser system. Number seven, external laser system. So again, if you go to, excuse me, the article source, uh, you'll see the diagram within the uh, actual article itself. Um, there's two different ones. There's part one and part two. And in part one, this is the one that I'm talking about. One, this is a plasma-like field that is partially created by the external laser system. 
These systems are not static and can be rotated and moved. The power is incredible and the field created is made by superheating the air and using electricity and mag magnetism to control the field. The field itself is, a mal is malleable and can be controlled internally by a sentient system. Onboard AI? Question mark and can be controlled and isolated completely within the craft itself, but not for the orbs. In the next article, I explain the differences between the two crafts. The system uses a collection system within to control the systematic creation of proper air mixture for the plasma to retain the field indefinitely to fuel the reaction of the force field. This means you don't need an atmosphere to operate the field. The craft creates its own mix inside and tanks are not needed for some reason. I added the for some reason. It is thought to be a similar process to creating ozone, but in this case it creates sufficient mixes to keep the flow in flux. This field is so strong it can handle the incredible speeds seen with zero net transfer of energy to the hull. So when I say to the hull, I'm talking about uh, the external uh, part of the craft, the, the symbiotic slash, uh, I guess you could call it a skin uh, because it's a self-healing skin as well. Um, that's what I'm talking about. So there's no transfer of energy. For example, when you push something through the air um, and you feel something flowing across that, that's an energy source. That could be, um, you know, from the wind. It could be from the uh, acceleration or deceleration. But there's energy that's hitting that, which is why when you have hurricanes and things of that nature, uh, it, we call it wind, but it's energy. It's what's destroying uh, the surfaces or the, you know, your lawn chairs, trees, your homes, you know, whatever that is, that's energy that's doing that. Um, it's just called different things. But at the end of the day, when you break it down to its barest quantum element, it's energy. That, that's what it is. This field does not allow energy to touch the skin, nor anything within. Um, so when that thing is able to repel that type of energy, um, you, you, it's a zero net transfer. There's nothing touching it. There's not even a wind source touching it. Two, the external skin of the craft is created with a synthetic biological material best described as self-healing skin. It is combined with a magnesium and plastic alloy that is light and able to withstand nominal forces. The field is number one. The field in number one does all the heavy lifting. The skin is designed to hold a specific viscous helium mixture we will discuss in the second diagram description. So a lot of questions were asked about this for me. Um, and really, it is all answered in part two. Um, I will just say that uh, so helium two is used in between these two skins. Um, and helium two is a superfluid, means it has a zero viscosity. Uh, and a zero net transfer of energy loss. Um, so with the addition of something added to it, it becomes viscous-like. Um, I guess that's a better term for this. Um, but again, we'll get into that part two. Three, the internal surface of the craft, exactly the same as number two. The incredible part, however, is a superstructure does not exist between the two. There are no internal supports between the two skins. Between them is the fluid and magnetic materials that control the flight of the craft. Four, this is where we begin to get really weird. There is no front, back, or other orientation that can be discerned. Some of the craft have small seats for occupants, but those are housed within the gyro. I'll explain that in part two. 
This is the engine that drives the reaction of magnetism and helps to create the energy required to move the mixture through the two skins. It's essentially a star. The same reaction that starts the ignition of a star is used here to control down to the base elements that are being fed into the engine. That means the elements are all there and released when needed to create momentum for the magnet reaction. It is not an engine in the sense it does not attach, attach to anything to cause thrust. It doesn't function that way. It's more of an energy source that directs the flow of the fluid. That's how it moves. People researching this understand the process. They have no idea how it's fed or how it achieves these massive power boosts. Again, so we're going to go back to uh, what I was talking about with the energy. There's two energy things that are going on, and it'll get touched on in part two. But um, there's an external energy force that is used to create, I'll give you a little hint, there's an antimatter reaction going on. But in order to create that antimatter reaction, the outside source, which it is believed is going to probably be very difficult to maybe uh, control. Like if you wanted to control um, or direct energy, you need to be able to dial it with a rheostat up and down, right? Well, if you have air or, or if you have energy moving through the air in the form uh, of we can call it electricity, we can call it power, we can call it whatever. The truth of the matter is it's not observable, um, and to us anyway. Um, secondly, I, I believe what's happening and, and what they believe is happening is it's so powerful that they need a step-down system within. Otherwise, you would just burn everything up. So that's kind of what's the belief is, is what's going on here. <laughs> The theory is the crafts received their instructions from a source not on board. That is why they can't reverse this engine. They don't have the key. Five, this is a system that creates and flows the material used in between the two skins. It contains a generator that can capture the trace elements of helium in our atmosphere and collect them. Remember when I talked about how the lasers that were being reverse engineered could extract elements and then deposit them in a, revert, in a reservoir? Here it is, exact process. The system can then continuously feed the flow of fluid throughout to move the craft. This seems to be able to capture helium through any means of travel. So there's a theory that they have interdimensional travel through wormholes and portals must contain this element in some quantity or the very nature of the wormholes is helium related itself. There's much more that was explained, but some of it went over my head. Six and seven, there are two laser systems discussed in the laser article. They are used in concert to create the field, extract elements and open portals, wormholes and interdimensional travel, Tic Tacs only. I need to break this into two articles. The next one is gonna be much more in depth, a heavy explanation of how the systems function, tests that were run, attempted flight, injuries sustained, what was learned and what they don't understand. We really haven't even touched on the way the magnetic field, strong enough to be considered a magnetar-like object, pulls the craft along. You've heard that for the first time. These crafts are pulled, not propelled. There is no propulsion. Part two will be released very soon. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Took a little time. I needed to speak to a couple people. I know. Everybody was bugging me about it, so I apologize. I'm still waiting on someone to give me one piece of information so I can correlate what humans have known versus what the Gonzi civilization is with these crafts. And I'll make direct links between what has been reversed and given to the public. 
the very nature of how these crafts work is pretty amazing. The folks working on these have learned a lot, and you'll start to see more of these breakthroughs trickle down into our own domain. There is still a lot unknown, however, and part of the reason is the missing link. We can figure out the final effect of some of these systems, but there is an unknown force acting upon these crafts that seem to be either contained elsewhere or simply won't give up the secrets without the actual entity controlling it. Could it be they are part of the craft in the case of Mancraft, or is it more likely the craft are controlled at least partially remotely? That's an answer so far that hasn't been answered. I know there will be questions about this. Doubt, hostility from some that simply can't express themselves another way, you'll be blocked, so why bother? If it makes you happy to behave like a child, you'll be talking in an echo chamber. For the rest that have valid questions, or have valid questions, please post here or on Twitter and I'll answer what I can. Before you ask for the rest of how these work, however, I'll kindly ask that you wait for me to finalize the next article. I believe most of these questions will be answered and more of the hows and whys will be answered. Again, I don't have all the info because it simply isn't known yet, but I think you'll see the rest is just as amazing. I'll explain much more about the engine theory and explain how the lasers and fluids work together. I'll explain how such incredible fields can be achieved and correlate what we can do on Earth and why this is so far outside our technological envelope. Additionally, I'll explain some additional entity theories and why there is mounting evidence that there may be a countdown that is ticking away. So, as we end up wrapping up uh, this specific episode, and again, I'm, I'm trying to keep everything uh, as close to, uh, you know, the 30-minute time frame as I can, um, I'll just say that in Article 2, there's a few things that I didn't completely go over that I wanted to go over. Um, and that was simply because it was such a technically engrossing article. Um, there are specifics that we need to get to about the civilization itself, specific to the Gandhi civilization, um, and some theories about that. We're also going to talk very soon about the, uh, the orbs, uh, and some more theories behind what some of the other orbs are because there's a lot of them right there's there's these gray ones and they're they're kind of seen all over the place and if you look at some of the pictures you'll see um i just had a friend hey juan shout out to you i just had a friend forward me uh an image and i i haven't asked him to share it yet um or i haven't asked him if i could share it yet but i'm going to ask him soon and you can see uh in the in the background there's an ocean um, and then there's a, like a hillside of trees and very clearly in the middle, um, a, a really, really clear image of, of an orb, a gray orb. And the cool thing about the orb is it has its two laser systems are out. Um, you have to zoom in. And when you zoom in, of course, you lose fidelity. Um, but I'm, sh I'm certain that there's somebody out there that once they see this picture, uh, they'll be able to stabilize it for me a little bit better. Um, so again, I'm going to ask if I can share it, but I, I, it's not mine to share yet. So, but I have seen it. It's really cool. Um, so it's just over the trees and it's basically, um, I, I believe what it's doing is two things. If you look above this picture, there's a really small area that looks like the air itself is being manipulated. So it looks like this thing might be entering either a portal, wormhole, uh, not, I, I, I don't know what it's doing, but it's, it's, there's, there's something there that it's doing. 
Um, but you can clearly see the two laser systems. There's one on the bottom and there's one on the top. And you can see that it is actually doing something. Um, I wish I had the video of it, um, but this, the, the, the folks that took it, um, I, I, again, I can't tell the story. It's not my story to tell, but I want to share this picture with you. So um, if I'm able to do so, I will share it on my Twitter um, and I will also uh, post it on the website as well, because I think it's a very interesting picture. Um, could someone have made this picture up? Sure. Um, I like to think that it, it is very consistent with what I've described um, and very consistent with what I have been told about how these, specifically the orbs, how they operate and what they can do. Now, obviously, this thing's not moving. It's a static photograph, but it's cool. It's very cool. Um, and so so I'm, I'm working on that. And I'll, I'll talk to my friend and see if I can't get that out for you guys. Um, one of the other things that uh, we're going to be talking about soon um, and especially in article number two here, then, and I'm going to work on that here in a moment. Uh, in article two, uh, we're going to be talking uh, much more in depth about these systems and how they work in concert. And I'll give some more additional insight into that. But also one thing that I'm going to be working on here in the very near future um, is some theories that are going on with the Gonzi civilization. And uh, we had a congressperson that was shown a video let me let me back up a little bit. So this congressman was kind of reticent about talking about the UFO topic. Uh, he was kind of uh, I, I, skeptical, and, and that's okay. Uh, but then was shown by a colleague of mine a video uh, of aliens specifically interacting with other humans, and I'll leave it there. Um, his tune changed uh, and we're going to have an opportunity to speak with him. Um, and something may come out of a revelation there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how far he's willing to go on the record with it, but we'll see. Uh, we're going to give a little push. So that's going to be coming up for you very soon as well. Um, <clears throat> and some other additional uh, interviews, as I said, I'll be talking to Steve Bassett, Stephen Bassett, but uh, working on something, uh, trying to get Avi Loeb. Um, I live outside Boston. Um, and I'm working on trying to get into Harvard to have uh, just a, not just a podcast episode, but also uh, an entire episode uh, with his work, with his office, with his students, with uh, everything that he's got going on. So I'm working on that. It's not final. It's not complete. Uh, please don't take me to task if that doesn't come to fruition, but I'm certainly doing my best to get it there. Um, and then additionally, uh, I am working on some uh, other ideas for a studio. Uh, we are talking about this. I, I, I have to give you guys all props because you have exploded this podcast. Um, so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I want to get more information out about uh, the specifics of where the videos are, where they're at in the, in the, in the, I guess the, the pipeline. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll give you this little update now so that you have it. Uh, so my source has been in contact with uh, two senators and three congresspeople. Uh, these folks have seen all three videos. Uh, I'm not telling you who they are because I don't think it's my place to say that. Um, but if you can think of the biggest names that are out there right now looking into this, you probably have the right names. Um, 
they have seen these videos. And if you have noticed very recently, one of these people has been extremely vocal uh, talking about uh, caucuses and talking about needing to have uh, oh, more exposure. Uh, let's just say that um, people know about it. Um, will my source just drop these things? If it comes down to it, yes. Um, there is, and, and again, there is a, a, a lot of us in this world, we have been looking at this for probably since we were children, right? Been intrigued. We've looked at it. Um, a lot of us have had romantic visions, so to speak, of extraterrestrial visitation. Um, kind of the, the, the Steven Spielberg vision, right? The, the hey, the, they come down, they give us the people from uh, that they've taken in the past, and now they want to take new people on, and it's this grand adventure. That's probably not the story. Um, in fact, it's not the story. Um, but at the same time, uh, we certainly as a species, as humans, do have a right to know where the hell we are. Um, what is our place? We have that right. Um, I want to give you the, you know, an idea of, let's say you are one of these species, one of these civilizations that are out there, right? And you're, you're looking at humanity and, and what has humanity, humanity done to themselves? Well, if we travel back in time, um, let's just go back to the dark ages and some of the cruel things that we did to each other, uh, with torture and, and, uh, then we move forward and we, we, you know, we thought people were witches and let's move forward and, uh, we, and thought that it was going to be okay to gas millions of Jewish people. And then we move forward and uh, we think it's okay that terrorism is going to happen. If, if you're a civilization and you're looking at this, what, what has changed since the Dark Ages and before? What's changed? Okay, some of the people have changed. Maybe our, our ideologies for, okay, we know that the, we, we don't need to burn witches because probably they don't exist. I mean, we've evolved, right? We have done that. But a lot of the things that we did to each other have maybe not really changed. But let's be perfectly honest. So if you're a civilization and you're out there and you're looking at these little things and you're saying, well, if we gave them access to uh, technology that could be as effective in destroying as, let's say, the Death Star from Star uh, Star Wars. Oh, my God, I almost got that wrong from Star Wars. Uh, would you want to hide that technology from them? Probably. Um, you know, again, I've ta I've talked about this in the past. We're here as humans on this planet. Right. And, and it's our, our home planet. But what if it was not our home planet? Uh, what if maybe we were actually uh, bred or maybe even um, somehow interacted with to, you know, grow? Well, that's a possibility. And it's a it's a pretty good one. There's some strong evidence that people have out there for it. Um, but what if we just evolved, right? We, we literally just evolved out of the mush. Um, and there is a directive uh, that is, could be millions of years old or whatever um, that says you can't mess with the civilizations that are specifically on the planets that we're interacting with. It's plausible. That's very plausible um, because you would think that an enlightened species might have that tenet as one of their, um, you know, their base beliefs. Well, 
I believe, and and again, this is this is a, a theory that has been really thrown out there by my source. And the more and more I listened, and the more and more I kind of did my own research on it, it sort of makes sense. If you look at where we are in the in the the scheme of things, are we in a, a galactic slash uh, universal highway? And we, for some reason or another, Earth is important to that. Well. If you go with that theory, and and again, you, you take that theory a step further and you talk about the passageways that occur, um, because let's face it, if you're if you're doing light travel or faster than light travel, it, it's still not a way that you're going to have really meaningful travel across the universe. You might have some meaningful, you know, travel across our galaxy to a certain extent. Um, but you're not really going to have meaningful travel when it comes to uh, moving throughout the universe. So that's why uh, there's that, you know, relation between the thought of the Gonzi civilization being the gatekeepers and possibly a civilization that really doesn't have much empathy for the locals. Um, and the, and the, the thought that there's someone that's above them because specifically the Ganzi mean name specifically means that they're not the Zenith and not the top of the line. So what's above that? So anyway, so that's just some food for thought. Um, some things that we've, uh, discussed with my source and, and with other people that I've been talking with. Um, but also, you know, some questions that maybe you can sit and think about with yourself or, uh, do a little research or, you know, whatever. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and then before we completely wrap up, I would like to ask you for one thing to please give us thumbs up five stars. If you can, if you feel this is good, um, uh, comments, everything that you can do within your podcast, uh, application, um, is greatly appreciated. So until next time, uh, I'll be talking to you into the, into, uh, the next article part two of how orbs and tic tacs fly. Thank you again for being a part of this. And, uh, I look forward to talking to you again real soon. You just listened to the Dear People of Earth UFO or UAP podcast presented by UAPmax.com. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be reproduced or distributed without express written consent of the content creator. Thank you for listening.